0: Your good luck and Godspeed. Yes! Yes! Space monkeys blasting off about blockchain infrastructure and making use of data with James Bailey. Head of Business Development for OnFinality and the SubQuery Network. James, thanks for coming on. Hey, Jay. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's very good to have you on. Just getting interested on this channel in the infrastructure that's really going to make this Web3 dream come true. But just to start, I'm kind of curious about when you joined the OnFinality team. And kind of what was your journey to joining? I talked to a lot of people and, and they always say to me, what's
1: up with you Kiwis? There's a lot of like blockchain companies from New Zealand, like Akala and Country and, and of course us. It all kind of started this other company that I used to work for, working kind of a cousin company of, of sorts. And, and from there, I met a guy called Sam and Sam, who's the current CEO of, of Onfinality and SubQuery was building something pretty weird and pretty interesting, kind of my curiosity and and I, I kind of worked alongside him but not not with him before then. Um, and he asked me one day, can you can you help us out with some business development? So at the time what I was doing was like technical product management. I'm a developer, I studied software development at university, but I was pretty lousy at that. I was a pretty terrible software developer. Okay, I prefer to talk rather than do stuff. So with the understanding of actually how to write code, I kind of moved into product technical product management, um, which is kind of deciding how we're going to build it and what we're going to build and, and trying to explain that. And I've realized that a lot of the skills involved with that in terms of selling this idea internally on why we should do something. Those also the business development side. So I, I joined Sam kind of in a part time position at the start and one thing about blockchain is it's never part-time as you'll know jay <laughs> never part-time so um, that quickly became a full-time all-consuming role and so be yeah, it here we are today you know a year later i think i joined full-time back in january last year so it's been a wild ride since then and, and a lot of fun what was the state of subquery when you uh, came on board there So subquery at the time i was kind of there while we we're thinking about it and our cto ian and like james you um basically built it over one furious hot summer back in January. Remember, the summers are different here in the in the south. Like back in January or February, we got the first build out. We started kind of trying it out, playing with it. And one thing that we did um, Subquery for now is when we build stuff, we make sure we built it for kind of like a customer in mind. And and so we were able to talk to Akala pretty early to get them to um, try it out and give us feedback. But yeah, I generally kind of joined the team just as we were launching the first version
0: of, of Subquery, which is exciting. Taking care of kind of the external communications—that's probably been a big part of your role, hasn't it?
1: That's exactly right. And it's, as we get bigger, it's interesting how that kind of transitions. I used to write all every medium article and every Twitter post, and I'm terrible at social media, so it's been a fun learning curve. But as you get bigger, it's, it's more around setting a kind of a tone of voice. What does Subcreo want to be seen as? Like, how do we want to be heard, and what kind of messaging do we want to put out there? It's it's been an interesting transition, but quite fun
0: to to kind of set the direction around. Is there a difference between on finality and subquery right now, or have they kind of become the same thing? we actually quite the different opposite. We're, we're trying
1: to separate the two, and we've done a lot of work over the past year. So the backstory was there was a team called Finality, and there is still a team called onfinality, that built infrastructure services for Polkadot. So On Finality, in short, if you go to Polkadot.js, or if you use a, a wallet, like Fearless Wallet and Nova Wallet, all those will interact with the block, the chain, and... Onfinality runs a large proportion of the infrastructure services for networks across Polkadot. I think it supports around 50 or 60 different networks and it supports them through like a load balance API service, but also like node deployment as a service. So if you're looking for analogy, uh, it's kind of like the Infura and the block demon of Polkadot rolled together. And we do a lot of work with different teams across Polkadot, but we were building on finality and as we were talking to each customer and this goes back to that point i made around it's really important when you build a product to make sure you're building it with the customer or very close to a customer because it results in a, a higher likelihood that you achieve something that we call product market fit and we kept hearing this these questions about data indexing It's this constant problem that these these new networks that we're trying to build apps or explorers or whatever All coming across and all hitting their head against this wall of data and data availability. And so we started building subquery. Back then, it was like seven people we could sit around on a table and have two pieces between us. But now they get bigger. There's now like 50 people across these two teams and we're splitting them out. So we're having two different separate development teams, different product groups. And we're just starting to kind of set these up as, as independent teams. Now I kind of cross both still, but and that will probably remain for some while, but yeah, we're trying to run them as separate businesses.
0: Okay, so how would you define the on finality mission, and then how would you define the subquery mission?
1: On finality is really about building common tools that makes the lives of every developer across Polkadot and other networks easier. So they're very similar missions, but they do it in two different ways. So, OnFinality's kind of goals around infrastructure tools. So, making it easy for them to run, manage, maintain, upgrade, analyze, provision nodes for their new network. So, if you're a a developer working at home, you don't have to be an expert in AWS. You can use OnFinality and you can set up a build pipeline and it will create a brand new test network for you as you're developing your network. So that is really good for different Polkadot because, you know, in Polkadot there is this proliferation of different networks that are all slightly different, but run on the same software code base. is it's very similar, but slightly different. Subquery is all about um, making data more available, really like making it easy to build applications on data. And the way that we do that is by indexing and analyzing data for our customers, building a really cool open source tool that makes it easy to do this and gives you the freedom to build the application of your dreams the way that you want it in a much faster time frame.
0: So this data indexing problem, how, how would you summarize that problem for our audience in just a, a few words?
1: Yeah, sure. So you imagine blockchains like a book and I want to create a list of all the times that this certain character appears in this book. Okay. If you want to go through and create that list, you have to go through every single page day. And you have to look for that character. Mm-hmm. That is the exact same problem that, for example, a wallet has, where they want to show a list of the last 10 transactions that you've made. So a blockchain, the lot of data stored in a blockchain, makes it incredibly difficult to query because you cannot search it, you cannot sort it, you cannot filter it. You have to go through block by block. You have to brute force that. Subquery is about taking that data from that book and putting it into a spreadsheet. And if you've been spent a lot of time in spreadsheets, I've spent a lot of time in spreadsheets in my life, Jay, but if you've spent a lot of time, you know, that you can sort, you can search, you can filter, you can do pivot tables, you can do amazing stuff and then make analyzing data a lot better. And that's the same solution that SubQuery provides to developers
0: using blockchain data. So you're creating a marketplace for data indexes, I guess, in this analogy, the vendors would be indexers. Correct. So, there's different subquery projects. And the
1: subquery project is an atomic project that is a, like an, a recipe of how you want your data from where. So, your recipe might say, I'm particularly interested in transfer information from Polkadot. I want to know who's made a transfer, how much they transfer, who is the largest transfer, et cetera. And that's your subquery project, it's atomic. And a indexer, you're an IJ, might be quite good at picking and choosing which projects uh, have got a good demand for them. Or are quite busy, mm-hmm. and we might go out there and index that particular set of data. And so we say to the world, "We've got this data, and the rest of the world will come out to us and kind of ask for it."
0: So, in order to remain decentralized, would a consumer of this data would they be looking to interact with multiple indexers across the marketplace? If we want to do this really easily, the simplest way is saying, "Like, okay, every consumer has to
1: pick which indexer they're asking data from." Yeah, and. uh You know, that works, It's okay, but it's a bit boring, a bit slow and a bit inefficient. And it's got terrible user experience. And I think there's one thing about blockchain, unfortunately, is that we haven't quite cracked the user experience. So we're trying to take it a step further where we have this concept called open agreements. And an open agreement basically is like a a many-to-many network. So so this data is a commodity. It's like fuel. It's like petrol, okay? You can kind of like dress it up. You put lipstick on the pig, but it's still the same pig. It's still the same. 95 octane gasoline or whatever you whatever you put in your car. So regardless of who's offering to sell you it, it's the same product, it's the same data. So you can have many sellers and you can have many buyers. And the subquery network is we're trying to build it so that it kind of routes you to the nearest and the best supplier, which results in better user experience because the main perception of user experience in our world is 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 a time to make that request, the the duration of that, and that's quite inspired or that that is kind of controlled by how far away you are from the indexer so routing uses the nearest indexer the nearest affordable indexer will allow us to be a faster more performant more scalable everything that you want really
0: what's the process of a project querying data from this marketplace are they setting up their own apis or are they borrowing from other previously established uh, apis or how is that going to work
1: so commonly um, they build their own api
0: and each subgroup will give me their own unique data set,
1: uniquely made for their application so they can be different from the competition, which is really very really important, um, or they could query, you know, existing uh, data. So one of our most popular data sets is the crowd loan data. Most applications that you use to interact with the crowd loans, whether they're like things like market cap or into tools or parallel finances tools or Carlas tools, they all use the same data set for uh, the crowd loan information. Right which is kind of example of, of, of common data across the industry. So they will put out their, um, the separate project to the network. So can you please index this and, and someone will have the index that. um, they can index it themselves. And as a result, um, the subgroup network itself handles that kind of reward, that transfer of value to reward those indexes
0: appropriately. I saw that you guys are coming out with a token. Are you guys on your way to becoming your own parachain or how is that token going to help you solve this indexing problem that you just described?
1: So we've been building the subgroup network for since the end of 2020 of this year's fly bar. And we've always had this view that whatever we build has to be decentralized. So it's the most weird paradox right now in blockchain is that all these decentralized applications that run on blockchains, they all rely on centralized services. When those products go down, which they sometimes do, um, everyone kind of is like, "Well, oh, this is actually reliant on the service, and uh, it's not as really decentralized as I thought." So we've always built sub-query of that in our, in our mind, and this is culminating in something that we're working on just now. This is our biggest priority for this year. It's a decentralized subquery network where anyone, you and I, can offer to index and process and manage data. On behalf of another customer, and we can sell that to the Subquery network. And consumers, whether they're a wallet or the NFT Explorer or or whatever, can acquire that data from us. So it's creating a marketplace for that data and it's trying to do it a better way than what we can do ourselves. And we provide a centralized service already. We do hundreds of millions of requests per day. Most of the apps you use on a daily basis will run through us. And we're running that to a really high reliability, but we believe that it would be better if we decentralize it. And that's what the Subquery token proposes to enable is that utility token to reward people when they index data and be the kind of medium or exchange of value. So our media plans is to launch on Akala's EVM chain. No Which way. is just going live right now. So yeah. a common question I always get asked, right? And so like on finality and through Subcrew, we've worked with most teams across the local ecosystem. We've talked to a lot of them. And I think people underestimate the level of effort involved to launch from a parachain. It's a huge amount of <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. And 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 kind of people throw around this like this statement like, are you gonna launch parachain? It's like as of, like it's like, are you gonna go down to the, the shop and pick up some bread? Like it's not an easy task. Yes, there are some things that our own parachain would provide us. There are some benefits that it would provide us. I think it's certainly not a long term plan. But in order for us to get to market quickly or quicker, uh, which is all very important, launching an existing Parachain is just a lot more efficient, and that is our kind of priority.
0: I totally agree with you, and I do think that people have grown tired of people launching parachains before they have anything to show. I think taking baby steps and building a market around the product as you build is definitely the way to go.
1: Exactly right, and you know we've kept that in mind the whole way through. Whether it's building a centralized product first to prove that there's use and demand and and a lot of um, interest to migrating to an existing parachain then potentially migrating to our own parachain these are all baby steps but they rather than go for the big leap at the start which is a huge risk of failure and and things don't go right for different reasons we've, we've taken baby steps
0: i hear some teams talk about the idea of going from a centralized state to a decentralized state is near impossible personally with my own work you know like building wag media and everything like that we're starting centralized and trying to decentralize there's interesting ideas on both sides of the debate i think
1: yeah, I, I, don't, I disagree with people that think that going from a, de- a centralized state to a decentralized state is impossible. Mm. I think it's a bit of laziness. It highlights very quickly if there's flaws in the token economic design because you always have to keep that in mind. We've got some competition in this space, and one of the differences between us and, and them is that we've always had this decentralization goal in mind. And the way that we've designed and built SubQuery to be a kind of an all-in-one package atomic project where there's no reliance on a secondary processor or or pre-index or or whatever you call it, it's not easy to move to this decentralized state because everything you need is in this one project. And any indexer around the world, regardless of if they're on Timbuktu or in, in Toronto, can run that project and get the exact same result. Yeah. And doesn't have to rely on this expensive, heavy data processor. This is really important for us as we kind of proceed along to that quest of decentralization. And it's also a balancing act around what you allow people to do. You could allow people to do whatever the hell they want to do, but one of the key things for Subquery to be able to run well in a decentralized environment is that it's got to be deterministic. If two people running it as a center, Toronto automatically must come up with the exact same data set. And if you allow weird and wonderful things to happen during the indexing process, you lose that determinism. So an index coming up later was no longer, no longer eligible to join the set. Right. Or um, they can't actually index. You can not actually achieve that goal or two indexes start at the same time might be slightly different, which is like, what the hell's going on here? I can't trust any of this data. So having a safe mode where we maintain determinism is quite important for that reason.
0: Yes, well, we just had who you referred to as them on the show last week. It was a very interesting conversation for sure, and the secondary process to the indexing. They talked about you know this sort of efficiency. Do you think there's room in this space for multiple solutions to this indexing problem? Absolutely. This is like foundational
1: level of like infrastructure f- to run a project, yeah. right? Like you know, we're taking slightly different approaches. to This our approach is kind of guided by this idea that we will decentralize our primary product sooner than later. Versus theirs is potentially around a bit more freedom, and you know, if you wanted to index prices from Gecko or whatever, if you want to merge the data from an external source, you can do that. By all means upgrade. It's very easy. You just it's just not safe anymore. We call we cast. It's not safe. It's not deterministic.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay.
1: Like we don't restrict you. We just kind of try to deter you from doing this. As I said, there's plenty of space in this industry, um, and they're doing a really cool stuff. They're taking some pretty interesting approaches to what they're doing. Yeah. No. It's it's always good to have this level across us, and of course, there's another competitor. Not just in Polkadot, obviously they're not in Polkadot, but um, in other networks and, and we always have this multi-chain ambition and we've just moved to Avalanche. Yeah, I saw that. We moved to Terra a week before the crash. Like, Damn. Perfect timing from our side. Ouch. It's like, okay, um, there are a lot of really good projects we're working with in Terra um, and we still plan to work with. And we've been talking very close about where they're going, so we'll have more about this very soon. But we have this big goal of multi-chain because there are a lot of other layer ones that you know promising not as promising as spoken of course it's at home here but um are doing pretty well that we think have a future and and there are people building over there that like they're building like the data dark ages you know it's, it's horrible so we're trying to bring our solution
0: to these other networks very very cool what can you tell us about some partners in the dot space and uh, how they're using your product and ways that excite you Yes,
1: so one of the best things that we have is we have this like live web page. You can go to explorer.subcrew.network. If you go to our website, subcrew.network, and go to the top, there's a link to an explorer. And the explorer is like a live dashboard or viewport of all the different projects that are running a project on our centralized service, our managed service. Um, we're doing somewhere over 300 to 400 million API requests each and every day to the centralized service. And, like, it just goes for the list. Like, most parachains will have a project there, like Carla, Moonbeam, Astar, Vala. um, A lot of teams, there's a lot of like wallets. So, Nova wallet, Fearless wallet, Subwallet, like Metadot as well. Big four wallets all run their services in our hosted service. Flora's like um, Subscan is starting to replace a lot of the infrastructure with us. Just goes on. This is the thing about subqueries, we've built the documentation to a level now. And this has always been a good focus for us. It's very boring work, but building documentation is critically important for a tool that we build. And if people can't wield the tool, if they can't use the tool, the tool's no good. One of the byproducts of this is that we can now get projects being created using Subquery that we had no idea about. We kind of like ask them like, Oh, how did you find it? And how can we help? That's cool, yeah. So octopus is building quite a few projects and, and running off that hosted of service. Yeah, lots, lots of different teams across any vertical, any like movie NFT projects, explorers, like everything has been, yeah, it's, it's so strange. We are going to build a, a new part of our website, where we kind of show off different projects in each vertical. So like if you want to look for game projects or, or metaverse or DeFi,
0: you can kind of look at the, the top ones,
1: but yeah, big numbers.
0: Okay, so we talked a little bit about um, how the token's going to build out a marketplace. I'm sure that's just going to amplify the use cases so far. Uh, what else can you tell us about, let's say, the next six to eight months for a subquery? So every time I ask this question, and this has been for, like, true for the last six
1: months, it's always the same three priorities. First is this decentralized network, which is number one. Yeah. We did set out at the start to build this as a decentralized product. We're taking a roundabout, roundabout path to get there, but it is critically important. And so we've just finished a season or a second season of our test network where we had about 150 indexes in our test work, which is not a small number wow. that were indexing data from projects. And we simulated about 200 million API requests in a day to them. Oh. So we, we simulated like real world traffic for our decentralized network. That kind of is enough proof that you need to kind of us to say that this subquery network, when it launches, will be probably be good enough to cover our existing centralized servers. So that was a good milestone. We're doing season three soon, which is a, kind of like a public round where anyone can join and become an indexer and try it out. Okay. And then um, we'll probably launch the main net and do the token sale later on. Um, we're just trying to set up a, a launch pad for that at the moment, um, a token sale kind of place. So that's kind of proceeding quite nicely. The second part is obviously building, you know, improving the core product, and, and we can never lose sight of this, right? It's the itself, so the itself. is open source, anyone can use it. You can run it yourself, but you know, our, our goal here is to add new features to that and we're slowly and steadily adding new features. Um, this week we added support for Carlos EVM plus with support, added support for historical indexing, which is pretty interesting, but yeah, it's just new features every, every month, every week to add new capabilities, improve Indexing speed, mm-hmm. um, really just to create the best indexer out there, um, not just in dot but in any network. And finally, obviously building a community, right? Like it's so weird in this decentralized world, Jay. Like when you're building a product in a normal Web2 world, you don't really give a shit about community. Like it's kind of like an afterthought, right? Yeah. But in Web3, communities is everything. You know, building a tool is nothing without people to. Um, understand it and use it but also people to promote it for you and to share the, the news about it and making sure that you know we've been in quite a detailed technical tool quite complex but making sure we it down and explain it simply to the average person that doesn't themselves need indexing but just so they can understand the value it brings to the community um, it's a hard task but it's critically important to this future of subquery. so constantly talking to people like you to try to reach into different markets, different, uh, communities. And there are many different communities around crypto that don't really talk to each other, but all talking about the same things to teach them about subcore and to, to share what we do with them. That's very important for us to share.
0: So anybody listening, who's interested in getting deeper into the tech or just wants to help evangelize the idea, where are the hottest communities you guys are building right now?
1: We're building a big community, our primary community is in Discord, and you can join our Discord, as the biggest link on the footer of our page, our website, uh, that's where our primary community is about 30,000 people on our Discord, both real technical people that will provide support, but also um, non-technical people that are here to raise awareness and spread the word. Uh, we've got a sizable Twitter following, but yeah, we're kind of generally active in most areas. It's interesting. Your kind of question also alludes to another question, which is like, as we expand to other layer ones, it's kind of interesting seeing, you know, we're kind of in our own world here in Polkadot and we talk a lot about stuff and it's, it's somewhat of a bubble. Um, it's a nice, it's a very friendly bubble, very nice bubble, um, very warm and cozy bubble, yeah. but, but, um, it's going into these other networks like avalanche and, and, and terror where you see these other bubbles kind of all operating and talking about the same thing. and starts in the same questions, struggling with the same problems. Yeah but all kind of operating independently. Um, So it's been fascinating that experience in the past month
0: or so. How do you find those communities versus the community that's in Dotsama?
1: Dotsama certainly is one of the friendliest ones. I don't think there's many other communities I've been to where like, a good test is if projects will like suggest other projects. Uh You know, like you talk to a project team and they're like, oh, you should talk to these guys. I'll offer them an introduction to you and that kind of stuff. And I get that a lot in, in Dotsama because we're all kind of in this together
0: mm-hmm.
1: that that wag me attitude is really strong here some of things and we're using the similar kind of code bases and going through the same problems together but other communities have that to an extent but not as much as dot summer i guess that's also part of like our background is that as a data indexing tool as a kind of infrastructure tool we work for a lot of people and we talk to pretty much everyone and we try to be very impartial. And you kind you're of going to that your question at the start, where we're very active in social media, doing a lot of videos. We realized we had to do that because we we have a privileged position where we act as a kind of independent mediator. Um, we work with everyone, we work with competitors of each other, but we still work with them and we just provide a tool. And so we have a very privileged position where we can provide impartial thought and bring people together that wouldn't otherwise talk together because we just have a larger customer base than others. So we had to use that in our approach to come out with these
0: videos. Very, very interesting. Yeah, well, I'll leave links uh, down below for all the content you've been creating and hopefully we can grow the community on dotsama here for you guys a little bit better. Uh, James, this has been a fascinating conversation. Just to close this out here, I'm kind of curious about where you personally see dotsama and the greater Web3 vision going even further out here, like maybe the next five years what are your hopes and dreams for blockchain technology going forward that's a good question i where i'm from in new zealand blockchain's not as big
1: as where it is overseas and i guess that's because we have very stable governance we have some pretty good functioning financial systems and legal systems and so people don't see it as like a a better solution they see it as a a weird one and and i think one of the reasons why people see it as a weird solution or something that's just in the realm of tech enthusiasts or, or crypto nerds like myself is because blockchain still hasn't cracked that usability problem. Yeah. User experience is, is still very detrimental, not as good in blockchain as it is elsewhere. And I think the real test for us as an industry, if we've cracked it, is if I call it the grandmother and the mother test, if you you know, your mother or even better, your grandmother can start using and, and interacting with blockchain applications without really knowing about it and that's kind of one of the driving goals of Subquery is to enable that um by allowing you to use that data in a better way you can build more intuitive apps so they have a better user experience so for us to crack it we've got to get to that point and i think that's where we'll see a lot of the growth in the next five years mm-hmm. you know we've built all these different protocols and these networks and there's only so many times you can increase the, the block production rate and increase the transaction throughput or whatever you know these these developer metrics that we love and they're easy to maximize for but as we mature as an industry over the next five years i think the focus will shift more towards okay these non kind of quantitative things these qualitative measures like usability accessibility um, inclusiveness and how far has blockchain adoption increased through different environments through different countries, and different regions. So I think that's where the focus will be in the next five years. Is more around the user experience and how that drives adoption rather than features and functionality and and all that stuff.
0: And I guess if we have any hope at that future, the important work you guys are doing at SubQuery, that's going to make it possible by making the front ends a lot quicker and smoother and more pleasurable to use. Kind of like in the late 90s, you know, the
1: internet.com era, right? There's all these like crazy applications, pets.com, all these like hot shit websites that everyone's getting really excited about and we might be going through that crash right now but um, regardless behind the scenes there's a lot of people building some really really cool things but specifically on the infrastructure side right so blockchains themselves decentralized exchanges uh, indexing tools like subquery infrastructure tools like onfinality these infrastructure pieces are going to outlive any peaks and troughs any bull runs or bear runs and they're going to set the scene, set the foundations for a better future.
0: Well, James, it was very, very interesting talking to you today. And I want to thank you very much for coming in and sharing the subquery story with everybody here. And I really hope that in six or eight months, especially when you get the market set up there and the token out, we can come back and check in and we can talk again soon.
1: Yeah, and that sounds good Jay. We'll see what we've learned and what we would have been better next time.